Welcome to the RSP Campus to Canton podcast. I'm Mount Waldman. Joining me every other week is Felix Sharp with Campus to Canton. And if you don't know about Campus to Canton, then what rock have you been hiding under over the past <laughs> couple of years? Campus to Canton is just a fantastic, you know, website and league system to where you can play college fantasy football, NFL fantasy football, and have all those players on your same on the same team. When you you know you've got your college side and those guys migrate over to your NFL team. And so you get a chance to really you get you get to play basically all week long with your campus to Canton leagues and you, you get to start back from like basically recruiting signing day declaration day in february is like a version of the nfl draft in a sense for you in in terms of seeing where these guys wind up um the the transfers you know the spring training the spring camp battles for college teams which we're going to be talking about today we're going to be talking about some of those spring camp battles um you know those are things you get to keep up with and you get to be to get a nice head start on who some of these players are so when they head off to the nfl and and even guys that maybe aren't on the uh um you you know maybe um maybe a little below the surface guys that you don't you you know that may not be on your campus to get team but you've been keeping an eye on them because you know i've been considering them for your roster who might end up being better nfl players um and we'll be talking about some of those guys down the line i'm sure too we've talked about them before but uh but yeah we've got a good show this week about camp battles um we've got you know we're gonna we have um you know it's gonna be c to c um month or campus to canton month and and felix is gonna yes. talk a little bit about more of that and and we got a couple other things we'll be talking about quarterback evaluations Deion sanders recent comments um should be a good show felix it, it is and matt i think i just want to jump into if your your audience listening to you i mean they're football junkies that love the game and um at campus to we are taking march March is Campus to Canton month where all of our content is going to be geared towards folks who have not tried the format and who have not interacted with uh, our site. So we're going to be having live streams, articles. Tomorrow, March 1st, is the release of the Campus to Canton Freshman Guide. I mean, one of the exciting things about this format is touting a player or fading a player that you've only seen play in high school, really putting your evaluation ability to the test. So last year with the Campus to Canton uh, Supplemental Guide, uh, Emmanuel Henderson was the number two back, according to all of the services. Quinshawn Judkins was a three-star, like in the hundreds, according to all the services. We faded Emmanuel Henderson, said this guy is not a running back. Oh, he goes to Alabama. In what position is he playing now? wide receiver on the other hand we touted uh quinshawn judkins who had one of the best freshman seasons that we've seen recently shout out to matt bruning uh, so that guide is coming out tomorrow march 1st the campus canton freshman and supplemental draft guide and matt one of our giveaways one of our giveaways we're going to be having giveaways one of our giveaways for the month of march for campus to canton month is we're going to be giving away some rf some 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 rsps excuse me i'm getting nervous here we're going to be giving away (laughs) nervous and excited some rsps for those who sign up for a campus to canton nil membership the yearly subscription that's 79.99 for the year we are going to buy your rsp that means you get all of the college rankings wide receiver running back so you can get started with your uh campus to canton leagues and so you can so you can go and try the format you're going to get all of our guides for free or is a part of your subscription that includes the freshman and supplemental draft guide that is coming out uh tomorrow you're going to get the devi guide that will come out later this spring and then the college fantasy football guide guide that will come out in the summer college fantasy football guide hey I need to know the difference between this running back at UTSA and this running back at Akron. Who's going to score points for me? We're going to provide all that for you. 
But this year, and we're only going to give away a few of these packages, and I'm guessing after we make this announcement, which I have not made before today, Matt, we're going to buy uh, the RSP for you too. So all of the content that we have at Campus to Canton plus the RSP, I mean, now is the time to try the format. Now is is, is the time to try uh, campustocanton.com. And Matt, from all of us, uh, at the at the at the site at the company, we really appreciate your support uh, uh, for growing the format and having me on this platform. So this is a way that we want to say thank you to the, our potential customers and to you personally for um, what you've done. Well, thank you, and it's much appreciated. I mean, it's been a it's been awesome having you as a part of this podcast and being able to talk about the college game and 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 i know that people who are listening have definitely appreciated that and i'm much appreciative of the fact that you know that you guys are doing this promotion and 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 listen folks i mean if you're if you're new to the rsp and you're new to campus to canton you've just kind of gotten introduced to all of this through this podcast then i'll just put it to you this way um you know for for that price i mean you're getting hundreds of dollars worth of content um so even if you're like you know that seems like a little that's maybe a little much for me i'm i'm kidding when i say this but you could print all those things up you know and if you missed your you missed your rent payment you know you could probably build a house out of the content that you that you're going to get that you print up you could probably use the content to to like you know hit a fish over the head and and probably feed yourself for a few weeks with all of that content you could probably build a raft or a or a you know or like use a trap to like go hunting with with the 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 amount of content that you're getting but really the best use for it is probably just to read up on it and uh and dominate your leagues i mean just be you know you're going to be more than prepared when you get when you get all of that information and you know as as felix said you know the rookie scouting portfolio i'll talk a little bit about later tonight but uh um yeah i'm I'm about one or two days away from writing the first chapter the quarterback chapter i've got just watching maybe a few more games on a few players tonight and tomorrow um and then i'll be writing the chapter and i'm pretty you know i usually i have at least 150 players studied for the pre-draft guide and i'm i'm at 149 right now i wasn't sure i was going to get there um, about a month and a half ago so but everything's looking lined up and ready to go so um you know i'm excited about getting getting ready to um put this publication out and i'm getting excited most of all to get done with it so that then i can start getting some people together to do a campus to Canton league, because this is one of the things that I definitely want to get started doing, um, you know, in my free time is the one, it's going to be the one league. I think I'm going to be joining that. I don't think there will be any other leagues. I will be joining this year. It'll be the ones that I have and the new league I'm doing is campus to Canton. So I'm, I'm definitely excited. And Matt, let me say this for, so for those who are listening to this, if that is something that you're interested in, go ahead and make your NIL yearly subscription purchase and then DM me at Sharp Review. That's Sharp with an E, Sharp Review on Twitter. I don't have an endless budget for this, and I, I think that this is the first time anybody's hearing about it. I think that once we make this announcement, they're going to go really fast. So um, DM me at Sharp Review on Twitter because the RSP releases April 1st, right? Yep. A- April 1st. So um, I want to get you set up so that when it drops that you can have it in your inbox immediately awesome awesome stuff so let's let's talk let's go topics first since we're or news topics first and you know you said you know we should talk about Dion's comments did you see him and then I just like looked him up and then I looked up on Twitter so I, I'd like to I'd love for you to like tee up what really happened what what you know what Dion was talking about um, and and I'd like to hear your thoughts about you know what about what he said or or the reaction that um that the public has or the reaction that coaches might have or recruiters might have yeah i'm going to summarize here and if i i should i could have just played it um but essentially what dion said was he wants a quarterback that comes from a two-parent home that has a 3.5 gpa that makes good decisions uh on and off the field 
But on the other hand, he would like his defensive end to um, come from a broken home, a single parent home. They're barely making it. They're on uh, the the kid gets free lunch, and uh, you know that kid is trying to make it to buy Mama a house or something. It's to the effect of what he said. And you know, I had to. I've had a my boss sent me. My boss is also one of my closest friends. Uh, sent me this uh, this this tweet where Dion made this these comments on the Rich Eisen show, and I. I had an initial reaction, but had to check myself on my own bias that that was reflected in my initial reaction. Because my initial reaction was black kids come from broken homes and white kids come from stable ones. Right. That was the impression, which is not which is not which is not true. So I had to reflect on my own bias to the to the reaction. His his comments were not necessarily racial. But they were nonetheless idiotic. Yeah. No, just a modern form of idiocy. It's the same. It's just a modern form of um, the thinking that kept Warren Moon in the CFL. Yeah. It's the same type of thinking that led to no coaches visited with or, or, or scouted Doug Williams when he was coming into the NFL. Only only Joe Gibbs did. Uh it's 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 it uh, under under his theory, you know, Teddy Bridgewater couldn't play for Deion Sanders. Lamar Jackson couldn't. On the other hand, TJ Watt, TJ and JJ Watt couldn't play for him because they didn't come from broken homes. It is I don't I don't know how how to describe it other than just a modern form of idiocy. I'm, I know that I, I do a lot of different podcasts and I'm going to be talking about this probably all week. My, my thoughts on it are, are not fully formed, but I tell you this, I hope that there's a quarterback somewhere, a kid somewhere from a single parent home that heard what he had to say and said, you know what? Bet. I'm going to show you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show you, I'm, you know, what? I'm going to go play at uh Colorado state or um, somewhere in the pack 10 Washington, yeah. somewhere in the pack 10. Um, but you know, it's just unfortunate because I think that we expect uh, that type of thinking to come from the Charlie Casserly's of the world back when he was talking about Lamar Jackson should play wide receiver. We expect it to come from, quite frankly, the owners. Yeah. But uh, to hear uh, Coach Prime say that was definitely was definitely disappointing and definitely ignorant. And um, I'm I feel like I'm rambling, but I'm going to have some clearer thoughts as I continue to think on it. But I think the just realizing my own bias and. Um, that I had to check after reacting to it initially was was a a, a a strong initial impression that I need I'm still flushing out here. Yeah, and and I think it's a layered. I think there's a lot of layers to what Dion said and what and how people could see it, and and I think there's I think there's um, validity, and even if you look at it and say, well, I have a bias with that you know i had a biased thought with that too when i heard it and but and but i can understand that there's more layers to that than than simply there i think there's certainly some underlying even if he even if he wasn't blatantly trying to mean it that way um i think it was still leaking out of him anyhow yeah um and i think it's but the thing that was fascinating to me was when you talked about you expect Charlie Casserly and and you know in the the late Bob McNair to to be making statements like this, um, not not Deion Sanders. Um, but I think one of the things that I know I shared with you offline was I think we probably need to realize that this is a great statement beyond like the 
the component of like how he's pegging kids that we should realize that football coaches really aren't experts in recruiting. Are there real, I mean, like when we, I'm not talking football recruiting, I'm just talking to the act of trying to recruit people to an organization. Where did they get training? You know, is there right. training for being a recruiter? Um, is right. it like formalized? Is there a curriculum? Is there people who study the, the craft of recruiting and that, that can be something that can be taught? Are there think there are rules or ways of going about it that are best practices? Maybe informally, maybe through studying and apprenticing with you know another organization you know we both know alex brown who alex brown is a you know recruiter head of recruiting at smu and he got his he basically got his work starting as a ga and then working as an assistant director and working his way up and learning from the likes of tom herman and then working at rice and then now being here at smu and being in charge of the of the deal but and you know it's fascinating because there's really no education for it so they're taught by what they've seen in the past whether it's problematic or not um they're gonna say well you know the shorthand of this is you know the kids we tend to want they're gonna make observations even if they're not the right observations maybe if they're barroom level observations that you might say um in a bar room trying to be funny and trying to like be casual about it but still be problematic in that bar room you, you know the you know it's one of those things that y there's a difference between saying listen i want some kids who you know like i look at it i break it down this way on one level and i'm not saying it's the right way i'm just saying it's an at, at one level most of the quarterbacks that tend to like get recruited highly we notice generally get quarterback coaches they tend to have quarterback coaches since they were in middle school um, they tend to go all to all these camps they can tend to afford to go all these camps which means they tend to be suburban white kids up until at least recently you, you know and i and you know i talked to guys like will hewlett who's coaching anthony richardson or coached brock um purdy last year pre-draft and a lot of his clients i mean the, the quintessential client might be of his was Drew Bledsoe's son. Drew Bledsoe's son ain't struggling. You know, Connor Cook, you know, Connor, I don't think he had Connor Cook, but Connor Cook or or Drew Locke, you know, dads who, you know, they had, they, they basically had parents who could devote time and money to like that kind of development path where they could be seen it was more of like really what this shows is that it's easier to recruit these types of quarterbacks who come from two parent homes who have um who are suburban white or affluent and the reason is is because they're being seen at the places that they go to to recruit them not that that's because they're better i can speak to that so these summer i these summer camps are where kids get noticed. Every single school has one. Every single one has has one. They can be anywhere between six hundred and sixteen hundred dollars for a week, for a week, just because you're you're staying in the dorms, you're sleeping overnight, you're eating in the cafeteria, all that stuff. Anywhere between sixteen, sixteen, may even more to go to that camp for one week, and that's where, that's where. The the uh, the the twenty four seven scouts are. That's where college scouts are, and if you aren't, you know, present to essentially make your your presence known, then you have to rely more so on your tape, which is you can get noticed that way too. But it's really in the summer camps where these Networking. kids. It's network. it's the Absolutely. same. It's no different. I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's like it's no different than if you wanted to be on wall street and if you went to an ivy league school guess what ivy league schools show up and can or not the ivy league schools um the investment firms on wall street show up at ivy league schools and do job fairs there even yes. for undergrads yep. 
If you want to yeah. get get on Wall Street at the University of Georgia, even if they have a good business school, or Louisville, or North Carolina State, or North Carolina A and T, you are not going to have access to. You're not going to be seen and heard that way. It's much harder to get in front of decision makers if you aren't at the be seen and be heard places. And oftentimes what you will end up hearing is the people who do get in from the schools that are non-Ivies. You'll hear, um, you know, you'll hear the whispers of like some of these kids who got these opportunities in the Ivies, you know, it was because they were seen in, in, at the right time. They were the equivalent of the Connor Cook of of recruits on this level. And there's there's something to be said about that. So, I mean, I, I think it's important that like for this, Deion Sanders doesn't have, Deion Sanders may be good at recruiting with certain things that he does in the same way that, that um, Nick Saban is great at recruiting for certain things that he does. But it doesn't mean that they are masterful recruiters. They are they are having to do multiple jobs and they obviously have holes in some of the skills that they show. And this was a great example of someone who, you know, he's looking at what the end results have been in college football, not necessarily, and not saying it's the right end results, it's just what the end results are. And I think if anything, it's an echo of that, that that teams, it also plays out the exploitative nature of college sports anyhow. You know, it- Echo is a really good word because you would, as uh, bold and flamboyant as Deion Sanders is, you would hope that he was also an independent thinker. And I think that this just revealed that, oh, he's not. No, he is not. He is not an independent thinker. So, yeah. And I think that that's, that's the, the thing. I mean, so for me, he's IDing what he wants, but he's using generalizations and potential stereotypes versus actually knowing how to spot qualities that could be in any kid, regardless of their background, you know? And I think that's where the problem is, is that, you know, why aren't, you know, if, if they were better recruiters, they could find they could find kids who didn't fit the stereotypical generalization glossing over you know semi humorous horrifying all at the same time story that he told of how he ids kids you know and i think the public also kind of wants it both ways i think they 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 love the stories to read or it seems like the media loves to pump out the stories of the kids who who were poor and Absolutely. and you know how bad their life was leading up to this point and how great this all this is for them and what this opportunity could be for them um but that at the same time they want to pound on football organizations for exploiting that um and it's like you know you you i'm a big boxing fan and it's just like you hear fighters talk all the time I'm listening to Mike Tyson recently talk about just the idea. He's like, you know, I have kids who are going to great schools and one of my son wanted to box. And I'm like, why would you want to fight an animal like me? Like, why would you, I did all this so that you don't have to do that. Like you, you, you know, you don't understand, like you don't know who you would be fighting because there you would be fighting for reasons that are completely different than what most of the folks who are fighting. And it's always been that way boxing. And it wasn't just, you know, it was always about people who didn't have. And and boxing is the most stark version of that because before before it was black people, it was the immigrants. And before it was the, you yeah. know, it was either the Italian, Irish, or Jewish immigrants who had nothing and they had nothing to lose. So they did this. And college football, you still have a lot of that, is that there's still a, and the way it's treated the way they college programs still steer kids out of certain majors because it's easier for them to to like coordinate their practices or make sure that the kid is ready and available to do the the biggest thing in football it's still exploitative you know it's still an exploitative type of thing and so you know dean smith 
that North Carolina may have been one of the exceptions to the rule of college coaches in any sport who were like made sure that whatever their kids wanted to pursue that he was good with it and that he wanted kids who were well-rounded who could hack that who could do those types of things and was a stickler for making making sure that he can make it happen um you, you know you don't get that in in no. a lot of this you know so you you don't matt very brief very very brief aside uh april 22nd Javante davis and tank garcia Javante davis and ryan garcia in las vegas that's going to be a good one I'm just start, I, I'm starting to get back into boxing. I'm very excited about this fight. See, I'm, I'm I hope that we get to talk about it. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I I will definitely have to um, study up a little bit with it because a lot of what I've been watching has been past old fights, old history fights. But yeah, and on, on a final note about the subject, it's funny because you talk about being seen. Just today, I got a phone call from um, from my cousin, and last month. My, my my cousin's godson is a high school quarterback in the Atlanta area, a senior, who is um, who won the district player of the year. Now, to begin his career, he was at another school, and then he switched schools mid-high school. He's a good student, um, single-parent home, black kid, um, quarterback who has a quarterback coach cam newton's old quarterback coach is his quarterback coach um he he was trying to get recruited entering this year even though he had a, a decent junior year entering this year the high school coach apparently wanted um wanted to try the underclassman mm-hmm. who um, was more of a pocket passer in the offense kind of the kind of went the Connor Cook route, you know, and they put him in and they let him start. He started now it was fascinating because this kid basically uh the the, the my my cousin's godson basically, you know, if you asked him, you know, again, he said we really didn't get much of a competition. They just inserted him over me, even though I started last year. Um, didn't give me a chance to com- really compete for it. He went, he he got the start, and he lasted all of one half, and they were getting creamed, and they brought him in reluctantly, and then they ended up in the in the playoffs, and he ended up being conference player of the year. Um, he didn't fit the system of what they wanted to do. It sounded a lot like what I heard Colin Kaepernick talk about when he was in high school in terms of how they played it out there. Didn't get recruited. There were some teams that were looking at him and they asked me how I could help him get, maybe get signed by a team because he wants to play. He knows he's not a world beater. He's not trying to get into UGA, Alabama or Colorado. (laughs) You know, he's like, I'm a, he's like, I'm a slow, he goes, I'm a, I'm a late bloomer. I just grow, grew, but I got to see his tape, you know, he, and you could see where like he's like i think he's like 64 190 or 185 so he's like a string bean with a with a developing arm who can who can move okay and behind that offensive line there was no way that a quarterback in the Connor Cook mold was going to win for that team and and he did but he didn't get recruited turned out that the the coach said some really odd things um, that he just was blindsided by, you, you know, and that could be a number of things. So I don't want to get into all of that, but it was interesting because um, from a system standpoint, you know, I it was funny because I I asked around and I asked some of the recruiters I knew. I said, "How can I help this kid just like, you know, increase his chances?" Because obviously signing day is like coming and going, and he's and he thought that some teams would be looking at him and not, and the coaches aren't even showing his tape. Um, and so, and district player of the year is by other coaches, you know, voting yeah. like, so how's he not getting an opportunity, especially being a really good student? Um, well, you know, fast forward, he just signed with a school. Um, and, 
and all of, and it came down to is he couldn't be seen by these big names but he has a lot of growth potential and one of the team you know what i was what was told to me was like find you know if he needs to go to um junior college if he needs to go to a small school go to 24 7 look at all the depth charts look at teams that have yep. new coaches that are that aren't attached to any players see if there's see how see if they have a thin quarterback depth chart see if like either there's going to be opportunities for competition maybe like there's one senior you know got one rising senior and then nobody else really and you're you know you it's better to be a quarterback three or quarterback four on one of those teams than trying to be quarterback eight on a team that that everybody knows and he already had that already kind of knew that but didn't know where to look and it took all of a month and they brought him in for a workout Good. and they signed him right away. He's going to probably be battling for the third spot on the depth chart um, at Good. a school here in Georgia. I'm not going to say where, um, cause I, you know, the, that whole story is uh, just leave it at that. I didn't, I didn't send a mention, but the point being is, is that, you know, you think of, you think of players like that in that situation. And part of it was, is he didn't fit what the high school wanted from the kid. And then what the high school said, I'm not even going to go into what the high school said, said from what I heard, but it was, um, I don't know the kid, but I know, I know my cousin and I know if my cousin said that this is what happened, I believe it. Um, I'll just put it that way. And what was basically, what I'll say is basically said is that there were some things told to him that blindsided him after the season was already over. And it almost seemed like the coach had resentments about the kid and it had nothing to do with the kid. It just had to do with that. The kid represented him not getting what he wanted. Yeah. You know, to, go ahead. I was just going to say there. Yeah. I, I'm keenly aware of that dynamic in, in high school recruiting having experienced a little bit of it myself especially if you don't i don't know um your your nephew i don't know the reputation of the school that he's at but you know some of these some of these high schools can help you get seen and these coaches can help you get seen and in other places you're completely on your own yeah um so it sounds like uh uh what what your nephew experienced was the latter rather than the former yeah and honestly i think it was even from what i was described was more like oh they'll help certain people but they weren't going to help him and and the reasons why were baffling so um especially if he was leading your team um and took your team to the playoffs and did it in a fashion where the guy you wanted to have be your starter couldn't last a half of the first game um so i i don't really know that that was fascinating to see but um the point being is that when you look at how coaches are they're not experts they're experts at they're usually experts at one thing and yeah. then they have to take on all these different things it's just like any kind of management you might have been hired because you were really good at producing in one sector but now you've got to develop people now you got to hire people now you've got to train people in a role that you you've never had maybe maybe or you you know and i think that dion obviously knows football he obviously knows how to motivate people he obviously has copied a playbook from, from an old school coach on how to go about um instilling a running a disciplined program at least for the media to see. And I'm not saying that he isn't doing that. I'm just saying that that's what we see right now. We've seen him coach less than five years. So it's different from saying we've seen what Jim Harbaugh does for all his good and bad. We know what Jim Harbaugh is, you know, because we've seen him for two, two and a half decades, it feels like, um, you know, or at least, at least a decade and a half, we've seen him coach. We kind of know the deal about what he is good and bad Dion it's a bit of blink of the eye thus far you know he's a he's a shooting he's a he's a rising star you know at this point but it's but you know for him to talk about this this is no different I I to me like Dion said it and it's disappointing 
but it like you said it comes from really this is just endemic to all coaching i think that coaches yeah. that aren't this way are probably the exception and oh, 100 percent, 100 yeah and quite frankly i bet you players think this way too i mean the the mike mcdaniels of the world um are rare i mean i'm trying to think of uh, you know an, yeah. another player uh quite frankly like arian foster someone who's well read and cultured it's just it's just it's it's rare in my in my experience yeah exactly and i think that that's that's part of it is that you know i mean we have to understand that that football is a whether we're comfortable with it or not and i i'm not comfortable with it i don't i'm there's a lot of things about football i'm not comfortable with and i have friends who ask me like i hate to ask you this question because it, it you know it seems like it's either exploitive or the you know about injuries or how they drug you know how they encourage players to use certain drugs but they discourage them from being able to use other drugs that might not have as many side effects or steering kids out of school or the exploitative nature of college football before they got paid uh, you know and even while they're getting paid there's certain things that are still in place you know or how coaches and and coaches view, and owners view players you know and i'm like you know you can love the game you can love facets of the game and hate how the game is and yep. hate the business. You know, I hate the business of college football. Probably, I despise it. I'll put it that way. I hate it more than anything. Um, and then, you know, that's like the ninth layer of hell of football for me. Whereas like the NFL is kind of more like, welcome, welcome to the underworld. <laughs> you know, we're going to lay out all the rules for you. Don't trust anything that you see or hear. And then the the ninth layer is the one that says we're doing good for these kids you know um and aren't we doing these wonderful things for them you, you, you know and then you kind of want to believe it until you start to see what goes on below it so anyway you know that's my rant with it <laughs> nah, it's, i i don't have anything else on it either but um you know i, I i'm glad that you uh would open your platform to have the discussion so i appreciate it well i i i definitely appreciate you being willing to have the conversation and we don't really you know i i, I appreciate the fact that you're like i don't really have a fully formed opinion yet because i'm still marinating on it and i'm kind of the same way it's just those are things that kind of you know percolated up when we first yeah. had the conversation first brought up the topic so Let's get on to let's get on to other things like spring. Springs a sure, right? So sure. So what are some comp? What, you know, let's talk about some competitions Matt, that are heading into this. Man, all these people are watching the XFL and USFL drafts or whatever. We have spring football, which is going to matter more for in the for your dynasty teams than any of these spring professional well, somebody's still holding out hope for hakeem butler i mean so i hakeem butler ben denucci uh aj mccarron i mean yeah i see a lot of folks balling out there but no i mean seriously yeah some of these some of these depth chart battles these players will end up on your dynasty teams mr waldman will be riding them up in the rsp at some point uh so you know my goal when I come here and talk about players is always to give um, folks some storylines to track. Uh, spring practices are going on right now. We're going to have spring games come April. I love spring games come April, especially this year, Matt, because this 2023 class took a lot of established names uh, out uh, to, to the NFL. And so there are a lot of fun battles uh, going on in spring where kids are going to be excuse me, um, competing for playing time, for touches, for reps. And we get to see these depth chart battles play out like right in front of us, right during the spring. So it's really, really fun. Uh, I'm going to start with this. There's a reason why I'm starting here. USC's running back position um, between uh, Marshawn Lloyd, who transfers from South Carolina, uh, Relique Brown, who is a five-star prospect, uh, has been there with Lincoln Riley. He's a smaller player. Um, uh, they have no uh, tie. I forgot what is what is his name. I forgot the running back's name who just left. Um, and Austin Jones. Travis Those are the Ty. three guys. Yeah. 
Travis Dye. I said Travis Dye. Travis Dye, yes. Uh, so in Marshawn, Marshawn Lloyd has dealt with injuries, but his, this is where, this, this is the reason why I'm bringing it up now. His comp coming into college from 24 seven sports was one Frank Gore. Now, usually when, when, uh, and of course, anybody who's listened to Mr. Waldman for any length of time, you know, his infatuation for one Frank Gore, um, and I think that sometimes when people compare running back to Frank Gore, they mean he's unathletic, but he's still good somehow. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, but, but Marshawn Lloyd has some excellent short area quickness. We've seen some flashes. Um, and he's, he's dealt with ACL injuries. He had one his freshman year, you know, so I think that he is recovering uh, uh, from, from, you know, another year removed from ACL surgery and being healthy. And Riley has rode bell cows. Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Kennedy Brooks, just here recently. Marshawn Lloyd could take this backfield. He could and kind of recapture um, the the allure that he had coming into into college. And of course, I mean, you got Caleb, like USC is a marquee program. So this running back room, it's really something to pay attention to. Now, I think that Marshawn Lloyd has a chance because. Relique Brown, I mean, Relique Brown is like 5'8", 200 pounds, or maybe even smaller than that. You know, explosive player playing out there in California. Five-star player, but I don't think that he's someone that you expect to play on an every-down basis. So I'm, I want to see this spring game to see who comes out with Caleb Williams when they do the, that, that first half and they have the starters in there. Uh, driving is it going to be Marshawn Lloyd? Is he is he healthy? Is he healthy? And could he be someone who carries the ball? You know, twenty times a game like uh, Link, like Lincoln Riley did with with Kennedy Brooks. So that is the first one. We also got to go down to Austin, the Forty Acres, Texas. Of course, Bijan Robinson and and Roshan Johnson make the jump to the NFL this year. And they both Steve will Sarkees, make it. Yes. They both will make it. They both will make it. They're both going to get drafted. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard that. Um, so who's going to fill in for those two? I mean, that's a lot of carries that they lose. They have a five-star running back, the number one running back in the class, according to some, uh, according to most, actually, I should say, Cedric Baxter. He's from Florida, 210 pounds. That team – their offensive line was so dominant. There were a lot of runs where he gets the gap and he just out sprints everybody. I find that I find that a back who wins that way to be really hard to to because I don't even, I mean I know that he's fast, which is not right. something I really care about, but I don't know a, a lot. Give me some so there's meat him. to the context of him being able to earn yards. You know, other right, than that. right, yeah. right. I, so, um, so uh, uh, Cedric Baxter, he's the five-star freshman. Jonathan Brooks, I think, was a three-star. He has been, he is the leading ball carrier returning. Uh, Keelan Robinson is a transfer from Alabama. He's going to be a fourth or fifth-year player there. And then Jadon Blue was a was a highly rated freshman coming into last year's class, who uh, did not play his senior year of high school. Sat out his senior year. Didn't play and then went to college, didn't have the freshman season that we expected. So do we see a bounce back from him? Is this Cedric Baxter's uh, year to become the next B. John Robinson there for, for Texas? And by the way, uh, big game September 9th between Alabama and, and Texas. Texas goes to Alabama, to Tux Tuscaloosa uh, this year. But just an interesting backfield because I think Jonathan Brooks is pretty good. I think Jonathan Brooks is pretty good. Um, Cedric Baxter is obviously the the highly touted freshman. And then we expected Jadon Blue to have some role last year. He didn't. I'm interested to see what he does in his second year because we had been uh, really high on it. As a matter of fact, there were some people that had him, had him as the number one running back in the class ahead of Nick Singleton. That was not me. That was not me. But um, uh, some people did. So how does he... Uh, uh, bounce back. Well, I laughed because before you go on, when you said Jadon Blue, there's a guy by the name of Jaden Blue out of Temple who's played for a few years who's 
been one of those guys. The wide that, receiver, right? Yeah, the wide receiver. And I keep thinking, yeah. wait a minute, did I miss on him again? Like, is he going to be the RSP in 2024? And I thought I, and I'm going to feature him in 2023 like I did in 2022. There's like, every once in a while I get it wrong and I publish a player I shouldn't. So when I heard you say Jaden Blue, I thought, Jaden Blue, wait a minute. So, but anyway, I'm glad I'm not yes, confused that anymore. Blue, that wide receiver, that's why you got to play campus to camp because he would have been a wide receiver that you could start because he uh, was a very productive wide receiver there at Temple. I I think the the quarterback battles are always the most exciting. Sure. They're always the most exciting. But I always lead with quarterback, so I lead with quarterback this time. I'm uh, bearing the lead here. I, I think Dante Moore, this is hyperbole. I think Dante Moore out of Detroit King, who's going to UCLA, I think he could play quarterback without an offensive line. Wow. I think he play quarterback what? without an offensive line. He just he makes decisions so quickly and he and he throws into holes. I'm like, how could you how he's somebody who throws players open and I'll 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 see throws. I'm like, how could you how could you even see? that but we talked to uh alan true of 24 7 sports a couple of weeks ago and he said that he started they had him as an eighth grader going into detroit king as a freshman and they were seeing this and they were like this is not this is a just an advanced level you don't see a lot of anticipatory throws throwing in throwing before wide receivers are breaking you know but that sort of thing at the high school level yeah, it's not normal or early it's not normal, and you see it with this with this guy. He makes decisions so damn quickly. When he gets to that third step in his drop, the ball is out of his hands. That's what I'm saying. He he could play football without an offensive line. That's hyperbole. Of course, he needs his offensive line. He's there at UCLA with Chip Kelly. There's no incumbent. They lose Dorian Thompson Robinson. They bring in Colin Schley from Kent State. Colin Schley. Uh, was coached by Sean Lewis, who's now the offensive coordinator for Coach for Coach Prime in Colorado. More of a dual threat, toolsy guy. We've been having this argument. It's different when you have like an upperclassman who's been there, who knows the campus, knows the playbook, what have you. This is a very good freshman quarterback class. Dante Moore is a, a, a guy that beats defenses with his mind just as much as he does with any of his physical tools. I think that he has a chance to start from day one because there is no incumbent there. Yes, Colin, Colin Slee has played f- college football, but at Kent State, not for not in this playbook, not for Chip Kelly. They're going to be learning everything at the same time. And this kid is really, really talented. I think that there's a potential for us to see him in week one, but we don't even have to wait that long. We get to watch the spring game. I don't even look up when UCLA spring game is. It's going to be on television. That's what I'm really, really excited. What a fun story that would be if he could face Caleb Williams and give Caleb oh, Phillip Williams a run for his money oh, in a man. QB duel. It would be it would be excellent. You are going to be talking about this kid in three. What's his 2020? I'm not good at math. 2026, the class of 2026. Yeah, we are. You are going to be talking about him uh, in 2026. One more quarterback battle here. I mentioned Texas. Let's go to the other that September 9th game. Let's go to the other uh the other side of the field there. Alabama. They lose Bryce Young to the NFL draft. There are two really exciting quarterbacks uh there. One is Jalen Milrow, who we've seen because Bryce Young was injured like two a game and a half or so. Uh, I think uh, I think uh Jalen Milrow had to play against Auburn. Uh running the ball is his strength. His athleticism is is his strength. But I, I should say that that's right now. You need reps throwing the ball, and he hasn't started in two years, so we don't know what he is as a passer. Um, but he had an excellent spring game last year. Jalen Milrow did. He is competing with five-star quarterback Ty Simpson, whose game is somewhat chaotic. I don't know if it's been on this show, but I've compared him to Johnny Manziel, somebody who's going to wow. run around in the backfield and be exciting and you know, make plays. There's out of structure, and then there's just like straight up, let's play backyard football <laughs> chaos. Yeah. And Ty Simpson has a lot of that in his game. They get a new offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, coming from Notre Dame, uh, is hired there at, at Alabama. So I'm interested to see 
who gets that job. I, Jalen Milrow has been there, I think this is his third year, and he's been the backup. So you would kind of expect um, him to have the lead, but Ty Simpson is a very talented player, and, and, and Tommy Reese doesn't have – you know, he didn't recruit either one of them. He doesn't have make any promises to either one of them. So that is going to be an exciting one. I think I think that spring game is April fifteenth. So it's going to be on. It's a day. It's going to be on ESPN or Fox or something like that. So, uh, well, you know, I, go ahead and watch your XFL games, but make sure you turn on uh, the Alabama spring game to see who's running with the ones. Is it Ty Simpson? Is it J, uh, 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 Jalen Milrow? And while I'm on the subject, Matt, I just want to plug one one thing. Uh, I interviewed uh, Miami of Ohio head coach Chuck Martin earlier last week. Chuck Martin was Tommy Reese's offensive coordinator at Notre Dame in 2013, the year they went to the BCS National Championship game. I think that, you know, if you're interested in football, go ahead and listen to that interview. I asked him about uh, Tommy Reese being hired as offensive coordinator at Alabama. I asked, you know, what he would do to build a program if he was – landed out of school with no tradition. I asked him about the best players he's coached and the players that kept him up at night that he had to game plan for. for. Nice. So I think that you'll find uh, those answers interesting if you yeah, go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm, that's on my list of stuff to listen to. I haven't had a chance yet, but I've been looking forward to that. It's in my queue. So Absolutely. That's Absolutely. awesome. Well, there's one that I know. One, one, mo- one, one more. Okay, I got good. one more. I'm Hold hoping, on, I'm hoping this, is... this is the one. Okay. I've said, oh, it's probably not. It's probably, probably not, not because I, I tried to like spread it out between positions. All here. right. So I talked about running back and, and, and quarterback. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Who's the second best quarterback in college football? Somebody might say the best is Drake May. They lose Josh Downs and they've brought in some transfers. They have some guys there that they've recruited who are talented players. They, the guys that they've recruited, Gavin Blackwell. Andre Green Jr., who I spoke about last year, a guy that needed to prove himself, uh, and Kobe Pesor. Kobe Pesor is the player who subbed in for Josh Downs when Josh Downs was injured like two games this season, playing that slot role. They bring in big-time transfers in Devontae Walker and uh, Nate McCollum. Nate McCollum, I would call him a um, Randall Cobb type, or how Randall Cobb was used uh, at uh, Kentucky. Devontae Walker, I think, is could be next year's, you know, Christian Watson, the big six foot four speed guy who you could compare to, you know, Martavis Bryant. As a matter of fact, Georgia almost lost to Kent State. Almost lost to Kent State. And Devontae Walker was a big reason why, because even on Georgia's defense, they couldn't catch this dude. So Devontae Walker transfers from Kent State to uh to North Carolina. North Carolina is going to be in a lot of primetime games because everybody's going to want to see Drake May. Let's see how this wide receiver position shakes out. They also have a new offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, offensive coordinator at Ole Miss for DK Metcalf. Uh, A.J. Brown went to North Carolina, is now in, in in Wisconsin. So they don't have Phil Longo anymore. I'm interested to see how that offense looks. I'm interested to see which of these three guys are going to get on the field. I feel like Devontae Walker, he's got to be, he's got to yeah, be one of them. But who are the other two going to be? That's going to be interesting. Well, that's fascinating. See, I was going to joke and say, okay, who wins this battle in the spring? Roderick Robinson, the running back, four-star running back out of Georgia, or Kendall Milton's dad? <laughs> Kendall Milton's dad, for those who don't know, is like 270 pounds. He's a bodybuilder. And if you say something bad about Kendall Milton, he will find you. We'll see. Uh, and I'm going to tell Kendall Milton's dad that it's not going to be Kendall Milton. I'm sorry. I think it's going to be between Branson Robinson. Uh, uh, they still got Dejon Edwards there. Yeah. And Roderick Robinson. Georgia always recruits the same type of these big, I don't want to call them lumberers. They are athletic for their size, but they definitely like this sort of body type. I mean, going yeah. back to, to Nick Chubb. You know, uh, they like a certain certain body type, and Roger Robinson is another one in that mold. But they've got three ones that I – so Andrew Paul from Dallas Episco- Parish Episcopal, he played in the same conference that Deion Sanders coached in when he was a, a high school coach, ran for 26 – he ran for the most yards uh, his last year. I think that was 2021, his last year 
a late riser, 220 pounds. We got him over 21 miles an hour. I was, I was like, this dude has more juice than Branson Robinson, who was their four high four star running back recruit coming in last year. That it sound, the reports were in training camp that, yeah, this three star dude who they just recently signed, who there was not a he's making some noise, tears his ACL. He's going to be back in camp. He turned toward in training camp. Uh, he's going to be there. Andrew Paul's going to be there. Branson Robinson is going to be there. Roderick Robinson's going to be there. Of course, Dejan Edwards. That running back room is so loaded. That and one, I guess one of the reasons why you want to pay attention to spring ball is that after the spring, another period for the transfer portal opens up. So these guys who are no, not anywhere on the depth chart, they could be. We could see Ty Simpson. We could see some from somebody from North Carolina's depth chart. Ohio State. As a matter of fact, Ohio State's quarterback uh, uh, quarterback competition. We could see a transfer there. But, you know, Georgia has – it's going to be – I think Branson Robinson is leading that backfield this year. I think Branson Robinson is leading – because we saw him get carries late in the season. We saw him get carries in the championship game. And there's never a time that I saw him in, on the college field. I'm like, yeah, he doesn't look that good. That dude has looked like a problem every time he's touched the ball. So I think that we're going to see Branson Robinson – you know, Georgia always splits their backfield, but I think that we see Branson Robinson get a big share. I'm, I would not be surprised if we saw Kendall Milton transfer so he can go be the lead back somewhere. Well, I'll tell you this, that, you know, we don't have a problem for topics around here. That's for sure. And, I, you know, as, as such, this has been such a good conversation. I don't really want to rush the final topic we were going to have. So we're going to wait. Till, we're going to table that till till later. We'll talk a little bit more about quarterback evaluation um, in a couple of weeks, and I think that'll be worthwhile. But, you know, this was a fantastic uh, hour that just kind of flew by for being able to talk about, uh, you know, recruiting and, and coaches and these competitions that are, that, that, are, that, that are out, you know, this spring and some of the players that you need to be, you know, kind of having your ears perked up about. But, um, you know, again, check out Campus to Canton. You know, it's Campus to Canton month starting in about an hour from now, if you're in Eastern time, um, at this show's air, you know, I'll probably have this show out within the next hour or two, but it'll be March 1st. And as part of that Campus to Canton promotion, they're, they're going to buy an RSP for a, a certain number of people who sign up for um, for that NIL package, correct? Right, the, what's it called? The, 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 camp, the, the NIL you know, yearly package, which NIL is 99 That's right. That's uh and then make sure you DM me at Sharp Review on Twitter, so I can keep track because this is this is what did I say? Uh, limited supply or yeah. gone past? They're, they're budgeted sure a certain amount here for this, so so yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. So I, understandably so. So I'm gonna get back to uh, studying some quarterbacks here that I gotta kind of finish up. Um, I've watched all the guys. Then I gotta tell you, um, Felix, I. I don't get Will Levis whatsoever. Other than that, I get that he's got a big arm and that he's, um, you know, I understand like if you, if, you know, if someone looked at me and said, hey, you know, you look like so-and-so, you know, I could see how someone might say, hey, he looks like Josh Allen in the same way that, you know, in the airport maybe, um, you know, maybe with a football pads on, but not necessarily playing wise um but i see the stretch if i squint my eyes hard enough maybe take drop some acid maybe you know bang my head up on. or you have an offense that's just gonna run all slot fades and you know you got wandell robinson in the slot running those fades then maybe uh yeah. maybe it'll work out. and and it wasn't working out for wandell on a lot of those throws that i was watching so you know i'll say this i mean it's fascinating to me that this is qb1 in some sectors um so I'll end it with that because he's, I don't, I had a higher grade for Malik Willis than I have for um, Will Levis right now. And that may change, but I don't think it's going to change much. Like I've watched him all day today again for the third time, third, not third game, but third time of, of slate of views and Malik Willis, I didn't have high. I mean, like Malik Wilson as a, as a borderline developmental pro. I have Will Levis as a developmental project. I don't know what to tell you, but the but there's about four guys in this class that I feel really great about. Um, 
Will Levis ain't gonna be one of them. So I just figured I'd I'd put that out there. Maybe Jay Kaner. Maybe Jay Kaner. No, Jay Kaner's gonna I'm be Jay Kaner's <laughs> gonna be Jay Kaner is certainly in the journeyman conversation. I'll put it that way. And he's go. high up there. there so we'll be happy about that. But I you know I, I, I wish I could I, I'd say more, but then I feel like I'm gonna be trolling my friend Felix if I if I talk about if I get in the running back. So with that on that note thanks again everybody for listening um and of course you know you can get the rsp at mattwaldman.com check out campus to canton at campus to canton.com and we appreciate you listening <laughs>